0: again to all my listeners tuning in. Welcome back to Fractured Poet, a podcast for all of you poetically insane individuals who love getting lost in the art of poetry. Podcasting from Ontario, California, I am your host, Katrina Wisniewski, just another person in the world obsessed with words, striving to make sense of it all. Okay, so addressing the elephant in the room, it has been quite a while since the last time I released an episode so long that I can't even tell you how long it's been and when the last time I actually published an episode. So again, I apologize. There's been a lot of stuff going on. I've had a lot of writer's block going on, but I have been working very hard and diligently in getting some material for this podcast, which is why I have a new one out, because I have a lot of new stuff out. So I'm not going to keep rambling on so i will head right into the first poem which is a short one and this one is called questioning her her life is left in question as she stares off into nowhere she often daydreams of what it might be like to not be her the color in her eyes have slowly diminished turning into a black hole of numb intentions So as I said, before I read this poem, it is a very short one. And after reading it through, I probably could have added more stuff onto it. It feels like almost a cliffhanger. So I might end up um, adding some more down the line. So I apologize if this was way too short. And it did sound like a cliffhanger because it probably was. And that's my bad. But um, this poem... I'm gonna assume this was about me. I had wrote this poem back in April of 2022, April 26, actually. So, I am going to say that this poem was about me, and it was in reference to me, because I do question myself a lot. I question everything about me, my purpose, just everything. And I often daydream, well, not often, but I don't know if you would call it daydream, but I often think about what it would be like to not be me. I oftentimes don't like being me, and there are many reasons for that. And Maybe everyone feels this way about themselves, you know, maybe... I don't want to be me, who, if I could choose who I want to be, who would I want to be or some shit like that. But yeah, I often do question what it might be like to not be me and all that stuff in between. But I won't go too much into that because this was a short poem and I'm sure I can go on and on and on and add so much stuff to this. So I am going to move on to the next one and this one is called Broken Pieces. There's something inside of me that holds on to dread. It's the only thing that appears reliable. It's becoming more than impossible to lock up these tears. Breaking down, crying in public without notice. Each day I find myself shattering into a million more pieces, spread apart. I can't reach them all. I am broken beyond repair, or so it seems. I have changed, so much has changed. I am just an illusion of who I used to be, skin and bones. My eyes look the same, but they feel more hollow, a tidal wave of made-up emotions and smiles that mean nothing. So this poem was written July 28th of 2022, and if I remember correctly, this poem reflects a moment I had around that time where out of nowhere, I started to have a panic attack. And I happened to be with a few family members visiting my dad. And when we were eating lunch together before we took off towards home, I started feeling really anxious and I started to kind of have a panic attack. And what I almost never do is I cried in public. We were at a fast food restaurant and out of nowhere, I just started busting out in tears. And when the palm had said breaking down, Crying in public without notice. That's what was happening. I believe I have mentioned it. Well, I know I have mentioned it many times throughout my podcast about how I have now had a trend of having panic attacks more often than I would like. I don't know why I have these so much all of a sudden. Well, I do know why, but I'm not going to get into that. But this is pretty much a poem describing the person that I am now. I can literally freeze frame and look at that freeze frame and see that this is not the person I used to know or the person I used to be. I feel like I have been shattered into a million pieces and I haven't been able to put myself back together. In the beginning of the poem, it said, There's something inside of me that holds on to dread. It's the only thing that appears reliable. And I feel that to be very true. There are a lot of things in my life that I would like to hold on to and I want to believe they're reliable. And I just feel like most of the time, happiness is a very temporary thing, or so I feel it is, I've experienced it has, or maybe I'm just making myself believe that happiness is temporary. But I also feel that dread is the most reliable thing in my life, because I'm always dreading something. Something is always happening, and to carry on with the outcome or the aftermath is something that I always dread, and it's something that never disappoints. I feel like I am broken beyond repair, because there are so many things that have happened that are reoccurring. Something new always happens that triggers a reoccurring thing, and it's just a vicious, vicious circle. When the poem had stated, I have changed, so much has changed, I feel like I have changed. I feel like I have changed emotionally and mentally. I can't handle the things that I used to handle. I can't tolerate things. I feel like I'm more emotional than I ever have been. And if anyone that knows me well knows I am not a very emotional person I don't like to cry I hate crying but then again who does I was never one to cry in public if I cried it was behind closed doors so no one saw me and I feel like I cry more in front of people more often than I would like to and it sucks and the last part my eyes look the same but they feel more hollow A lot of the times I feel like I put on a face, a fake face, because I don't want people to know how much I am hurting, how much I'm going through, how much I am broken. Not to say that I have to portray this perfect thing, because I'm not perfect, no one is perfect. Everyone goes through stuff, everyone is going through stuff, and you don't want to always portray your your fuckery to other people because you don't want to bring them down or because in in the end that they really don't care and you don't want to say all these things. But that's pretty much what this poem is about. And I will end it there. So this next poem is called Cloud Nine. Couldn't help but notice how naive she's become to trust, to love, To tear down these walls, things that are foreign to her, becoming so vulnerable, so transparent. There's no turning back. The damage has already been done. Now, I can't say that this is about me. I honestly don't know where this came from. So, I don't really know what else I can really say about this poem other than what the poem has already stated. I know I am not naive when it comes to trusting people or love, but everyone can say that until those things are tested and you prove to be naive. But I do have a difficult time tearing down the walls that I have built for myself. It is very difficult to trust people. Not to say that I am naive to it, because I'm not. I think I'm more defensive and standoffish than I am naive. And I'm sitting here saying that this poem doesn't relate to me, and I'm talking about it as though it related to me. And maybe it does, but maybe I'm just trying to relate to it because I don't know where this poem really came from. Or maybe I'm explaining just that, and I don't even know what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, to love, I think at one point I was naive to love. I think we all are. And maybe, you know, as adults, we kind of are because we have this image and thought of love in our heads of what we want love to be. And we are always proven wrong and being proven to be naive more than we thought we were or weren't. But when you trust somebody, when you love somebody, you do become very vulnerable and sometimes transparent. And once you're on that level, sometimes there is no turning back. It's very hard to reverse those feelings and reverse the memories and the moments and the aftermath and the outcome and the pain and move forward. Because as the poem has said, the damage has already been done. So when you trust someone, whether this is relationship related, like intimate relationships or friends, when you start trusting people, when you start loving people, whether it's, you know, I love you as a friend, or I love you more than a friend, or I'm in love with you, it takes you to a different level. And it's really hard to come back from that. I've experienced that many times. It's hard to trust people because trusting and giving in makes you feel vulnerable, makes you feel almost violated in some ways. Because once you start putting off that vibe that you trust them or that you love them, they catch on to that. And some people take advantage of it. Something can happen where... That trust and that love is tested for both sides, and both of you or one of you have failed. And it sets you back. So when you're on cloud nine, you don't you don't pay attention to those signs. You don't pay attention to those things. You pay attention to what you're feeling in the moment what that person makes you feel in the moment, which you too have done. Again, this could be related to intimate relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, or, you know, just a friend, typical friendship. You know, with friendships, you do get lost in the moment of, you know, finally being able to relate to someone, letting loose, being yourself. And once you have reached that and surpassed that, you feel like you are going to last forever in your relationship, in your friendship. And when something goes wrong and something breaks that, it's hard to recover. So that's pretty much what I feel I meant about this poem. Maybe you, the listener, can relate, but I will shut my mouth and move on to the next one. And this poem is called Fit to be Tied. sometimes it's difficult to comprehend the living to really understand the words and actions people commit is beyond my ability to look into someone's eyes and detect nothing but bullshit a gift not always passed down the amount of fuckery from one person to another friends and family alike they're all the same to trust anyone is nearly impossible i cry tears of agony tears of anger such pathetic pieces of flesh i have ever encountered i cannot bear it any longer i'm running out of defenses i am out of options no more resources to be rid of toxic people and their inconsiderate tendencies i just can't fight them off what am i to do Where do I go from here? I need guidance. I have nowhere to go. My hands are tied. So this poem was written July 18th of 2022. And I realized I forgot to mention when I wrote the last poem, Cloud Nine, I wrote that in June of 2022 on the 16th. So, Fit to be Tied was written July 18th of 2022, and I am pretty confident that I wrote about something that I was going through. I am, as the poem says, the title, I am fit to be tied with people and their lies and their misconception. Whether it's family or friends, I am totally over being screwed with, being manipulated, being made to feel that this person is this way, and on the other hand, their true colors really come out. I have been through a lot of stuff over the last few years, and... I'm just, I'm over the bullshit. I don't tolerate people's bullshit. You lie to me, you fuck with me, you do something once and it's one and done. There's no excuses, there's no second chances, there's no 50 second chances. I have dealt with enough. I have way too much stuff on my plate in my life to have to deal with someone else's bullshit and throwing a wrench into the wheel for me. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I felt like I was deceived. I had high hopes for this person. I thought I can rely on this person. I thought this person was not like the other people that I knew, that I thought I knew. And there were many, many things that have happened that made me feel otherwise. and. It goes with the previous poem, Cloud Nine, and I maybe I was naive to this particular situation. I wanted to believe that this person was different, that I would not be treated this way. I would not have the same comments that were meant to me by previous people be made by this person. When, like those other people, this person does not know me, does not know my situation, does not know my life, and the assumptions that were made and the things that were done to me and other people that I know were not right. And I made a choice, and I don't want anything to do with this person. And as painful as it is to say that and to feel that way, I have learned very quickly who I should let in my life and who I should not. And as the poem has said, um, to look into someone's eyes and to take nothing but bullshit, a gift not always passed down. And I have mentioned it a few times before. I have a bullshit meter, as my fiance calls it where I can read people's bullshit, I can call it out, and more times than not, I am always right, I am 99.9% right, and that's not, you know, tooting my own horn, that's not trying to be, you know, blowing sunshine up my own ass, that's not, you know, I'm not boasting, I don't want to be right, but I am, and when I get these feelings about certain people, I feel very confident. And in this situation, I was very skeptical, I was very leery about it, but I wanted to give this person a chance, and at first, everything seemed okay. And then when things got dicey, that is when they show their true colors, and I don't know if I want to be surrounded by a person like that. I have been surrounded by people like that my entire life, and I ended that. I have x out a lot of people from my life because of that. I've gotten shit because of it, and I don't regret any part of it. I have no regrets. I don't feel horrible. I have no remorse in the things that I've done and the people that I have severed out of my life. So Fit to be Tied is very close to me because it explains a lot of stuff that I've been through. I have been deceived by a lot of people people very close to me that I thought would not do this, and they have. So that's pretty much what this poem is about. But moving on to the next poem, this poem is called Flaming Pleasures. I love to watch you, to get lost in your presence, your color. It soothes me. I love the way you rage, the way you function out of control. I love how your flames bring out the poet in me. To watch you burn, to watch the warming rage burn ever so brightly. You keep me at ease, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So this poem was written June 15th of 2022. It took me a little bit to remember what this poem was about. I was actually sitting in front of a bonfire when I wrote this. A fire pit, actually. And, And not that I'm a pyro or anything, but I love to watch fire, controlled fire, not fire burning out of control and wreaking havoc, but I love sitting in front of a bonfire or, you know, a fire, a controlled fire pit. And just getting lost in the flames. I know I've written at least a couple of poems revolving around this topic. And I was sitting in front of a bonfire. And, or fire pit. And I couldn't help but just get completely lost in the flame, in the color. There's so many different colors in fire. And I couldn't help but start to write a poem about it because I get so mesmerized by watching fire just sitting in front of it or standing in front of it, feeling the warmth, the controlled rage of a fire in a fire pit or a fire a bonfire. It's just, there's something so amazing about it. Something that I can just stare at it for hours, minutes, and just get lost in it. And no one else exists. Nothing else exists. The noises are, you know, blurred out. And I just, it it keeps me at ease, as the poem says. It, You know, fire, it's, I don't know, it's so fascinating. Again, not saying that I'm a pyro. You know, I don't like playing with fire fire can be very dangerous, very harmful, very destructive and deadly. So again, watching a controlled fire always has a way of putting me in a trance. It could be good. It could be bad. It could, you know, trigger me into thinking about life. It could get me emotional. It could get me upset. Other times it's helps calm me. It puts me in perspective. It clears out my mind. So that's pretty much what this poem is about. But moving on to the next one. This one is called, Is This Life? I failed to comprehend the life that stands before me. Too cryptic to solve. It's a chore worth completing, and yet I have no energy to try. Expecting too much, not wanting enough, where is the middle ground? Asking questions never seem to be answered. Challenging authority at every turn, defeated time and time again. If only life came with a book. Life for dummies. Wouldn't that be something? Round and round I go on this revolving door of agony. Another poem written June 22nd of 2022. I have a lot of questions about life. That is nothing new. I'm sure a lot of my poems reflect that and I have even talked about it. But, you know, I I consider life to be very cryptic. I don't think life is a puzzle that can be solved or a riddle that can be figured out. There's always a chore, there's always an obstacle. When you're down and out for the count and you're about to give up, you know, as the poem states, it's a chore worth completing yet have no energy to try you're ready to throw in the towel you're ready to say fuck it you know i'm done like i'm done trying i don't give a shit anymore and just let things go where they go if i fall i fall you know who knows if i'll get back up it's just the toss of a coin you know you should get back up you know you should keep trying you know you need to push your way through and fight through it But you just don't have the energy to try anymore, and that's where I'm at in life. I am so lost in many aspects of my life. I have tried to get questions answered, not, you know, asking somebody in particular, but just general questions that I can never find the answers to. I'm always stuck somewhere, and I am never able to find my way out. Maybe that's just me being blinded. Maybe I have blinders on. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough. Maybe I'm not doing the right things. Again, all questions that I know I'm the only one that can answer and I have to find them. But I don't know how. I don't want to give up. I don't want to get into details. But there are a lot of things in my life that I question. I doubt and it's really hard to come back up from that. And I, it would be amazing. Not sure if it would make any difference. And maybe there is a book called this, but Life for Dummies. you know, I'm, maybe there's a book out there that is the key to figuring out life and how to be successful in life. But again, if that were true, everyone would be successful in the same thing maybe. And, you know, everyone just has to find their own way. And I feel like I i have never been able to find my own way. And it just, it blows. But again, I won't keep on with this one. I'm going to say this is the last poem. I'm trying to divvy up how many poems I do per episode so I'm not going over or having an uneven number. So this would be the seventh poem. I know this isn't about as long as the other ones. Give or take, it'll be a half hour. But this would be the last poem of the episode. And this one is called Revolving Demons. There has to be a way. A way to empty out my mind. To empty out the unnecessary... The things that drive me crazy. Understanding nothing of these motions. Closed off to feeling any sort of normalcy. Why? There has to be a way. A way to block out the demons. The anxiety that bombards this thing called life. It's a revolving door that never shuts. Never locks. Always opened with no end in sight. To hold on, keeping my eyes on something still, I forgot what it felt like to have free will. I am going to say that this poem is concentrated on my anxiety and my panic attacks. I wrote this poem September 15th of 2022, whether I was going through one or coming out of one or in between one, my mind is very overactive. I think a lot and those thoughts, those things get to me quite often. And it messes with my head. A lot. To understand why I do this, I don't know. Once I get going, I can't stop it. As the poem says, and I feel like this is a repetitive term, it's a revolving door that never shuts. I feel like once that door was open, it stays open. It never shuts. It never locks. And it's very annoying. I fight with myself constantly to not go into those episodes. Sometimes I'm successful. Most times I'm not. And when I'm not, it's very hard to come out of it. Usually when I'm done with one Over the course of a few days, I get reoccurring. It could be either the the same triggers, or it could be different, or it could be a combined effort between different triggers. But hence the reason why this poem is called Revolving Demons, because I feel like my panic attacks, my anxiety, are revolving demons. I know I have said that These panic attacks, this anxiety came out of nowhere, but I was having a conversation with my fiance as I was having one, and it dawned on me that I think I've always had them. I just never knew what they were. I didn't know what to title them. And I don't think I've ever said anything to anybody how how I felt or how and why I experienced what I was. And it's it's the weirdest, smallest, stupidest things that throw me into panic attacks. You know, and like I said, as I was talking to my fiance, I'm talking through it and realizing, you know, I think I've always had these. You know, when I was younger, sitting in the back seat of a car, you know, as a kid, when you're younger, you're not tall enough to see over the seat that you're sitting behind. So, me as a little kid in the back seat, in the dark, on a freeway, I had a lot of anxiety. I did not like freeways. I still don't like freeways sitting in the back seat, not being able to really see, you know, it's one thing looking on the side of you like the windows and stuff, especially when the window is very tiny. I couldn't see what was in front of me. I didn't like, you know, the bumps and, you know, the the bumps that you would hit on the freeway and the noises and all that stuff and you know, trying to close my eyes or, you know, I was really tired and closing my eyes You know, being, you know, you know, driving on the street, you know, closing your eyes and, you know, the light posts that are on the street, closing my eyes. And I could, I can see dark light, dark light, dark light, dark light going past all these street lights. And it gave me anxiety going back and really thinking about it. I think I've always had that being in a rocking chair. You know, rocking back and forth, the moment when you go back, you know you're gonna go down and that that feeling in your stomach like you're on a roller coaster, maybe that's why I don't like roller coasters, so it's like i'm I'm talking with my fiance and i'm I'm realizing I think I've always had anxiety problems, not necessarily to the extent that I have now, especially when I was younger, but I think I've always had an issue with something you know, staying the night at my, one of my best friend's house, you know, she's sleeping on her bed and, you know, I'm sleeping on the floor. She has this, you know, fan going, this um, rotating fan. And I even get this way with ceiling fans, you know, the rotating fan, like it, it would move towards her and then it would move towards me and feeling that air and then not feeling the air, feeling the air. It's like the anticipation that, you know, the air is coming towards you And for whatever reason, it freaked me out. Snoring. It's anticipation. Like, I know it's coming. And it's like, I don't know if it's the noise. I don't know if it's the idea of it. But that also gives me anxiety. And that throws me into a panic attack. Ceiling fan, the same thing. You know, the fan is rotating, but there will be a moment, a couple seconds, where you won't feel that air. And you know that in a couple seconds more, you'll feel the air. And it's just there. And it's, it's the smallest, stupidest things that trigger me. It's weird. And it's like the ticking of a clock. I I don't have a clock in my room. I cannot stand the sound of ticking. Like if I sleep in a room, living room or bedroom that has a clock, I can't do it. I've already, I just, I can't, I can't do it. It's the anticipation, even cuckoo clocks, Like I know when 6 a.m. hits, it's like I know every 15 minutes to an hour that clock is going to go off and it's going to have those chimes. And if I'm up, I can't go back to sleep. So it's, you know, and now where I'm at currently with my panic attacks, it's like once I get a thought in my head or I start feeling a certain way, it freaks me out and I go into a panic attack and I can't stop it. So it's, you know, again, that conversation, it just, it made me realize so much more about myself that I never realized before. And to write a poem about it, I know I've written a couple poems about my panic attacks and my anxiety. And I've, I've never came to terms with that. I've never realized that. And I don't know where that stemmed from, it's weird, but again, I can sit here and go on and on about this shit, and considering this is the last poem, I didn't really want to end like this, but, you know, whatever, I'm hoping this episode was long enough for you, I am almost probably short of 40 minutes, but I will stop this episode here, And again, I totally apologize for how long it's been in between episodes. As I said, life has gotten the best of me. A lot of things have been going on. I also haven't had material, so I've had to write a few poems and accumulate so I have enough to do an episode. Hopefully this will not be too much longer after I'm able to do the next one. So hopefully there's not a huge gap. I know I have at least two sets um, of poems to do. So at least two more episodes worth. So hopefully I'll be recording them soon. But I wanted to get out a new one. So I guess that concludes this episode. To those of you who are always tuning in. And even those that are just joining in. Again, as always, I hope you guys really liked what you heard. And tune in next time. You can catch this episode and future episodes on anchor.fm forward slash Fractured Poet. This episode of Fractured Poet was written and produced by me, Katrina Wisniewski. Music by Alternative Rock Volume 1 and Rock Electronica Volume 4 from Freeplaymusic.com. You can always follow me on Instagram at Fractured Poet as well as my personal page at Fractured Goddess. I also have, and I haven't updated it, but there's also a YouTube channel. You can also catch this episode or my podcast in general, Spotify. I think I'm on Apple, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcast from. And as always, thanks for listening, and until next time.